do it. I, I really had something planned, actually, and then I had to call Julie uh, yesterday and said, Julie, what you've put on the computer, you know, just the points, would you not do that? I just want to share something else. So for the next 15 minutes from now, I want to just talk to us uh, for a few moments. And if you've got a Bible, you may want to turn to Matthew in chapter 6. Just hold that there. And as you find that, I just want to do something as a bit of an illustration. Uh, a good friend of, uh, of mine who's a pastor uh, recently told me the story of how, uh, and I was going to do it, but I thought, no, I better not. And he had some kickback from it. But what he did, he was preaching on a Sunday morning, and uh, he had a cigar in his, in his pocket, and um, got the cigar out of his pocket, and asked anybody if he had a match. Well, he was working with a number of uh, seekers and whatever, so there were lots of hands that went up, so he just went up to them, put the cigar in his mouth, and said, uh, will you just light it for me? And as he began to puff on this cigar, you think, this is a pastor, what's, what's on earth going here? It just started to puff and then blow on people. And then he said to the person, so it's like me equivalent to doing it now with, uh, with Rachel. I just blow all over all the, the, the you know, the, um, what you call, what's it called? All the smoke. All smoke. <laughs> and then he said to the person next to the person who he'd just blown all the smoke over, what, what, what's happening? Do you, do you smell of smoke? Do you smell of smoke? And they started smelling stuff. Yeah, we smell of, of smoke. We just, even though they hadn't been smoking themselves, they were touched by the smoke. It's a great example. He wasn't actually having a pop at people who smoke. That wasn't the issue. What he was talking about is how we can become tainted in this world. And I just want to, just for the next 15 minutes, just talk to us from Matthew chapter 6 about the fact is that we're all tainted at times. And that is why, and the guys who have been around me, the staff know that I've been really, really strong on this. By the point of, you need to remember this, the focus is to keep the main thing, the main thing. I want to talk to us from Matthew chapter 6, and I'm not talking about reaching out to people who are far away from Christ, and that is the focus of this house. I'm talking now, trying to individualize it in terms of what that means to us as, as Christian, Christian people. So if you're on a bit of a journey, you're a seeker, this message is for you. If you are a Christian, then this message is for you. And if you're a radical Christian, this message is for you too. Because I want to just take Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19... And um, if we can just have it on the screen, that would be really, really helpful. And it says there, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy And where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's go to verse 24 as well of Matthew 6. And it says there, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. 
You cannot serve both God and money. Verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Verse 31. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Gemma, I wonder if we could get verse 20 just on the screen uh, for me in a moment. You may say, Christian, where are you going to go with this? Well, I, 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 I can guess. You want to talk to us about money. No, I don't. I don't want to talk about money. Well, you're going to talk about worry. No, I'm not going to talk about worry. Trusting God. No, I'm not going to talk about trusting God this morning either. What I really want to talk to us about is keeping the main thing the main thing. Because we can be tainted by the things of this world. There are things that you walk into because that's the life that we live in. And you may not be doing them themselves, but they begin to influence you. And you begin to see it. You begin to see it in your attitude to things and to people. You begin to see it in your language. Your language changes. You become tainted. Am I speaking to anybody this morning? Because I know that's true for me. I can become tainted by the things of the world. But verse 20 says this. We are to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. We're to store up for us treasures in heaven. It's interesting because I've begun to ask the question, how do we do that? I'm not talking about getting a a pass to heaven. I'm not talking about you receiving your salvation. We all know how to receive salvation. It's not through good works. It's only through Jesus Christ. So that no one can boast. Yes, we know the verses. It's not through the things that we do or the things that we say or the good deeds to charity that will get us to heaven. We can't buy our way to heaven. It's through a free gift. Salvation comes, we've heard it this morning, through the free gift of Jesus Christ. That is how we have an assurance that we're going to be found with God at the end of our days. So I'm not talking about how to get to heaven, what this verse is actually talking about is how we can store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. I think we get tainted because we're so interested in this world, we forget there's a world to come. So we're driven by the success of this world. Remember, keep the main thing the main thing. Because God is not saying that actually food and clothes aren't important. But is this all that your life consists of? Is this all that my life consists of? No, Jesus said, it's not life more than food 
and clothes. We get so caught up in, we're tainted by ambition and aspiration. I want to tell you, there's a lot of ambition in me in terms of good ambition. I don't just want to saunter through life and just let, let life pass me by. Anybody else with me this morning? I really don't. I want us to do something good for God. I want to just enjoy my life. But if my life just then becomes consistent of the stuff around my life, or the food and the clothes, and that's all my life consists of, then I've missed the main thing. Because Jesus was saying to them, actually, what you need to do is not build up your treasure here on earth. What we need to be doing is building up our treasures in heaven. Many of you here this morning are Christians. You've made a commitment to follow Christ. I know you, some of you very well. So that's not the issue. The issue is what you and I are now doing to actually store up some treasure in heaven. And I don't get all that, I have to be honest. I don't know what that really, really means. Does it mean that some people are going to get a bigger house than others? I don't know. I don't quite know how it all looks, really, heaven. I know that Revelation talks about streets that are paved with gold. There's some wonderful references to the scriptures in terms of what heaven is like. But I think there's a life to be lived in heaven. And what I want to encourage us here just for these moments that we've got together is look beyond, the focus needs to look beyond this world and into the world to come. Because I actually think there are some things that we can do that will help us to store up treasure in heaven. I want to talk to you just for a moment, if I can. It's not an indulgence. It's, I want to just talk to you about my non-R, my mum's mum. Many of you can probably, you know, relate to this story. My non-R, um, she died at 60. She died of cancer. It's quite tragic, really, because it's no age to die. But take, take the story back. Um, her, her and her husband, I never knew my granddad because my granddad died at 40, which I'll come on to in a moment. But my nonna, uh, she and her husband had raised five children, so there was five in the house. She'd come out of poverty, and uh, my granddad, my, my understanding was he was a bit of a go-getter, so they had a car and the house, and there was, there was some ambition there. He wasn't a particularly nice man, if you can say this. I'm, I'm on podcast. Outside of Christ, he was quite horrible in some ways. And my mum's here. Uh, loved them, but probably didn't know how to show the love. And so his love was, you'll receive the backhand and I'll put love into you. Uh, but did love. There wasn't abuse, but it was just how it was then. Um, but the family, the kids had a radical um, conversion through kids' church, Helen, Sunday school. That's how they found Christ. And then um, they followed. My granddad had a m- radical conversion. He was, he was known, he was, his name was Joseph, and he was, everybody was frightened of him. Booming voice, big figure of a man. Uh, and uh, quite honestly, people were scared of him. But he had a radical conversion. My mum will testify to the fact that he changed. 
I don't know how long he'd been a Christian, but within a year or just over a year, he was dead. Tragically, through a brain hemorrhage. Just gone. Why am I saying all this? Well, then my my nonna is left with kids and Karen. Many of you know she was only a little girl. And I'm saying all this because I'm getting somewhere with it. Um, All the time I knew my nonna, she was ever such a slight lady. She was probably your height, Julie. She, was, she wasn't very big. I remember getting where I started to get a bit lanky, and I remember going to her. I say, I'm now bigger than you, Nana. And she says, you're not too big to get one of these. And she, she never hit me back. She knocked me straight over a settee. I went all the way across. I never, known, I never knew my Nana to, to raise a voice. She wasn't a shouter. All I ever knew about my nonna, it isn't through rose-tinted spectacles, she was kind. I never heard her once say anything nasty about anybody, ever. And I remember her really, really well. She wasn't loud, but she was incredibly influential. She had to work, obviously, when her husband died, and she had to just keep working and working and raising kids and just doing what she needed to do. In some ways, a very sad life because did she have a lot of stuff? No. And I'm not trying to make her saintly because she wasn't perfect. I don't believe by any stretch of the imagination. But one thing I remember is sitting at the back of the church because of what she did. She always had lion bars in a a bag and always sweets. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And everybody else did. But she had a love for God. That actually, is, I, I just think, washed over me as a kid. I didn't realize it just washed over me. And I can think of some really great people in, in the world. But there's people like my nonna, who you know and I know. And I just pose the question. I don't think they were stirring up treasures here on earth. I think they were more interested in storing up treasures in heaven. I just wonder if some of these people who we think were very, very small on this earth are going to have great big mansions in heaven. We need to keep the main thing the main thing, church. And there's two things I just want to say very quickly. The first of all, I think it's really important how we live our lives Galatians 5 talks about, I remember learning this at school, for the fruit of the Spirit, for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Such there is no law. I remember it. So I know the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I think these are the sum of things that will store up treasure in heaven, because I actually think if you're taking notes, there's two things I want to say. I think it's very important how we live. None of us are ever going to be perfect, but love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. How are you doing, guys? Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Are we becoming more like Jesus? Are we becoming more like Jesus? I'm not bothered what you're doing, are you becoming more like Jesus? Are people seeing Jesus in me more and more? 
I really think that that is how we build up treasure in heaven. Because this is the thing that we're going to take with us. How are we doing in those areas? I'm asking you as, I'm, as well as I'm asking me, because I'm deeply challenged by this. How are we living? Are you more patient now than you were last year? You know? Are you more faithful now than you were two months ago? Are you more loving now than you were a week ago? Because I think these are the things that will store up treasure in heaven. Now, this is not something that you can just manufacture and do. I think it just comes out of spending time in his presence and being committed to doing the right things and not the wrong things. Because I always say, I said to somebody recently last week, I said, you know, love is a choice. Love isn't a feeling. As you've chosen bitterness and hatred, you can also choose love. It's a choice. Ah, but, no, no, I'm sorry. It's a choice. You choose to live in this. You choose to live in this. You may say, well, I'm not by nature patient. Neither am I. But am I just going to use that excuse for the rest of my life? No, this is the fruit of the Spirit. So if I'm saying, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life, it's not just about the miracles. People are too interested in the miracles and the shabba doing and everything else. How are you living your life? I'm not wanting to be condemning. How are we living our lives? We get too hung up on the storing up treasures on earth, the food and the drink and the clothes that we wear, how we live in our life. I think we would do well to give careful attention to how we live our lives. Keep the main thing, the main thing. And the second thing I want to say is this. Not only do we need to concentrate how we live our lives, but also what we do with our lives. Are you serving the call of God on your life? Are you serving the call of God on your life? There's a story that Jesus told. It's a story, so we can't build a theology around it. But there was a king that went away. A lord that went away and he gave three of his servants talents. One five talent, one two talent, one one talent. You know the story. Those with five talents, they worked hard, they were industrious, they used what they'd been given, and they produced five more. And Jesus said, you're a faithful servant. The one with two said, I had two talents, and I've now multiplied it. I've used what, you've been, what you gave me, and I've now got another two talents. But there was one servant who had one talent, and he didn't use what he'd been given. My question, are you using what you have been given? Or is it just about you serving treasures on earth? And I know, you know me well enough, those who are alive to you, I have no problem with treasures on earth. I'm not speaking against money. I'm not speaking against cars. I'm not speaking against holidays and houses. What I have a problem with is if it has got you. I have no problem with you having it. It's just as if it has got you. Two fulfilled the destiny, the one with five and one with two. But the other one, who didn't do anything with what he'd been given, what did the king say to him? You wicked and selfish servant. That is strong language. 
I pose the question, are you not only living how God wants us to live, and I'm not talking about perfection, I'm just on the journey, and we're just saying, Jesus, we just want to do your purposes. We want fruit of your spirit. But also, are we doing something with the gifts that God has given to us? I'll finish with this, and you might think it's completely indulgent, but it's another illustration of my family. But I want to just, I was just felt compelled this morning as I was just putting, finishing it off to write this down because what we're doing with what, with our talents is very important. And I think these store up treasures in, on, on heaven if we fulfill our destiny here on earth. We say, God, everything that you've asked me to do, I'm doing for you. My Uncle Vic, who built this church, literally, brick by brick, there was a few other people who were involved in that, but he built the church. Let me take you back, back to Vic. Is it, again, he's a quiet man in many ways. Just a quiet man, just a good man, loves God. When they went down to Milton Keynes, they went to build the church again, physically build the church. For a number of years, he lived in a council house. Many of you live in council houses. I have no problem with council houses. But this is a builder who can just go and build his own house. But he made the decision to live in that council house for many, many years. Why? Because he wanted to make sure that he built God's house before he built his own. My Uncle Vic, for many, many years, lived in a council house while he actually literally built God's house. I remember going out to see him. This corporation house, three stories, him and his family, one on his own with his wife, family, they all lived there, while he was literally every Monday, Saturday, laying bricks, nurseries, He never even touched, never even bought any land for his house. He had the money to go and do it. But what he wanted to do was serve God in the talent that God had given him. God had given him the ability to literally, physically build houses. And he's built that many churches around this country. It's been wonderful. It's helped that many church leaders. Helped us. We're stood here, if I can be as blunt as this. We would never have been able to have afforded this house if it weren't for Vic. Monday through to Friday. Drove from Milton Keynes, put a full shift in, left to drive back to Milton Keynes, following morning, came up. He did that every single day while he laid these thousands. You might say that's a bit indulgent, misusing that illustration. Well, all I wanted to make the point is, I actually think again, Vic's probably one who is building up some treasure in heaven. That's what I'm trying to say. So cut out all the nonsense of you thinking, when these are the guys, I'm the guy on the platform who's building up lots of treasure in heaven. Because this, it's needful, but this isn't where it, where it happens, guys. That's what I'm trying to say. This isn't where it happens. You understand that? This is not what it's all about. How we live our lives and what are we doing with what God's given to us is what it's all about. I challenge you. I challenge you, Christians who are just, is your saviour, but he's not your Lord, I challenge you this morning to go away and find a secret place, a quiet place for you to just ask God to just fill your heart and life again. Those who are radical Christians this morning, may this be a message that causes us to be even more radical for him. We say, I'm going to live for Jesus and I'm going to do everything that he's asked me to do, no matter how small, I'm going to do it as unto the Lord. And we're storing up treasure on heaven, whatever that means.
Colin will probably have to help me. I've got Phil here this morning. Whatever that means. But it's in the Bible. But there's some people, you're just seekers and you've not even made your peace with God. I wonder if we just all bow our heads. You've not made your peace with God.